Welcome back to Data Discourse, a podcast presented by AFCOM. I'm your host, John Heiderscheidt. I'm very grateful to have two people from Jamie Scotto and Associates today. First is Jamie Scotto Kataya. The second is Dean Perrine. Fellas, or guys, please say hi for a second. Hey, guys. Hey. It's really great to have you here. For those who are listening and don't know, JSA was the first PR firm dedicated solely to tech and telecom. JSA provides critical industry perspective and visibility for tech and telecom clients. Their expert team, innovative tools, and established relationships mean that folks that work with them get PR with proven ROI. Their clients have had headlines in publications like the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, CNN, BBC. They're a great team and they know what they're doing, so I'm glad to have them here. Uh, Jamie has asked for the first question, so I'll give it to her. Jamie, uh, we've got a lot of folks out there who are in the tech and telecom space, and some of them are looking to update their marketing plans or looking for new ideas on how to market their services and uh, their business. So what are some basic principles for creating a comprehensive marketing plan for a tech or telecom company? Great question, John, and thanks for having us. We're, we're so honored. Um, First and foremost, I like to tell our, our clients, our, our community members, it's about campaigns. It's not about one-offs. Sometimes folks will come and say, well, how much for one press release? And I always go back to my firework analogy. Bear with me if you've heard this one before. But, you know, if there's, if there's one firework up there and it makes a noise, maybe one person or two will look up and be like, well, what was that? Um, but continue on their day-to-day. -day. If there is an actual fireworks display, well then, and we know it's coming and then it happens, uh, guess what? We've made plans to roll up the, the blankets, the picnic baskets, the dogs, and we sit back and, and we enjoy and we, and we partake, right? Um, so think in terms of campaigns, um, long-term, you know. Uh, so, for example, a product launch should include not just a press release, but social media graphics, um, call to action, landing pages where you can download more, more details, more information. Uh, just, you know, yes, sales clicks or PDFs with, with more product details, but also customer testimonials. If you can get them on video, amazing. I love video customer testimonials. Interactive video like our, our walkouts, whiteboards. So, you know, you can go on. And, and get something that might be complicated, literally whiteboarded out for you so it, it makes a lot more sense. Infographics are awesome too. It's like an entire ebook nicely, you know, uh, formatted in a, in a very slick, easy to understand graphic. So uh, again, getting folks to understand these complicated technologies and very simple, easy to understand uh, methods. And then distributing to these customers, these prospects, your community. Um, through all those distribution channels that are out there today, leveraging today's technology. So yes, newsletters and emails, but also social media, putting those emails into a drip campaign so they're coming to you in a nicely timed uh, manner. And so you, you keep uh, tapping those folks that are really, truly interested in engaging with you, getting uh, investor news out on those investor boards like iHub, um, your public filings if that's applicable, webinars. Um, press conferences that are virtual, all of these cool tools that are at our, our fingertips these days, we like to leverage those to, to really um, uh, make sure that your message is heard to uh, that, that critical audience as, uh, as, as, as much as possible. You touched on a couple of things there. It's like you've been reading my mind. 
uh, particularly with social media. I go back and forth with some of my colleagues on how valuable of a tool social media can be in terms of advertising. I've heard some folks say it's great and that it does a lot of wonders. I've heard some folks say, you know, I dedicate so much time to it and I, I don't feel like I'm seeing the, the ROI on the time I put in, whether I'm getting it or not. I personally view it as something that at a bare minimum is helpful for SEO. I don't know if that's right or it's wrong, but that's how I've always viewed it. What, uh, what are the advantages of social media outside of some of the stuff you touched on a little bit in that first question? And how should people be using social media? Should they be dedicating a person to it, a department to it? Should they outsource it? What is the role of social media in a better comprehensive marketing plan? Love that question. One, if you're looking at it in terms of advertising, I would say don't. <laughs> um, it's not about advertising. It's really about engagement real, true engagement that you can even, you know, report on and uh, analyze uh, with your community. And when you talk about community, it's not just your prospects. Um, it's about your, your current client roster. It's about your future customers. It's about your end users. It's about your journalists, your analysts, your investors, the entire tech marketplace, folks who are just interested um, and, and want to be educated. Um, so, with that, there's a tremendous opportunity to enhance your company's thought leadership. Be the, the owner of some keywords that people are Googling right now and want to understand, you know, what is network security? You know, it's, yeah, if you, um, you own a data center, um, you're thinking, okay, well, it's racks and, you know, space. That's what I sell. No, you, you're, you're the leader of, of great technologies that are happening right in your in your building, in your, in your meeting room, there's so much activity going on and, and you have this great sort of from the ground up perspective to, to really get um, your message and, and, and own your thought leadership uh, in the community, which drives, like you said, SEO, huge, but drives people back to you and, and wants them, you know, they want to know more about not just your company, but about you and, and what you can teach them. So. Uh, using uh, social to really drive that message, own those keywords like network security or IoT or um, a lot of those trending uh, uh, words that are that are uh, uh, being sought after on Google these days, um, and making it interactive and simple, clean language. So even the most crazy, complicated technology, easy to understand, and that there's a clear call to action. So. Um, again, that, that landing page or a blog or an article or an infographic, a video that brings more of that story out, really puts the flesh on the, the bones and the ability to capture the leads, so, you know, someone's email address or, and company name and title, um, so there can be additional meaningful follow-up and driving, you know, driving folks to not just want to understand about a topic, but then how you and your company addresses that topic and bringing them down that funnel so that way they can really, you know, be a, a hot lead that you can pass on to your sales team. Um, so, but also note that social is also imperative for R&D. And a really great, you know, company that has all of its uh, infrastructure in place and is really, you know, mindful um, operation, they're using social posts and how people are responding and, and the feedback they're providing on, on, their, on their boards. 
they're using that to build a better man uh, mousetrap. I almost said mantrap. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, and so you know, what's the next product or service enhancement? You know, your engineers want to know like what's the feedback that the community is. Hey, I just I just plugged this in, and you know what? You know this this part is not doing what it said it should. That's awesome feedback. You know, uh, days of old, we used to spend thousands of dollars trying to get a small little you know subsection of of your user base into a, a room and trial and test and get their feedback. Now these things are happening day in day out without you even having to ask. Often happening out on social. If you don't think you're on social, um, you're wrong. Everyone is on social. They're, your company is on social already. Um, so that's that's the highlight here. So, but you have to be on there yourself, understand what they're saying, and and really drive the reins and the messaging to make sure that really, truly, your company's messaging, who you are, what you want to stand for, is being promoted on a regular basis, and people know that you're listening and want their feedback and care about it, and are and are changing the way your company does business because of their feedback. So, you know, it depends on what your in-house resources are. If you can have a team member that's dedicated to it or if you need to outsource it, oftentimes outsourcing, like to Joe's life, would be, you know, the more affordable option because you can get a team of two or three people who do this all the time and have the resources and the tools and the database um, to really sort of hit it out of the park um, immediately. But, um, but up to the company and what they have uh, in-house, uh, but certainly something to be mindful of and, and to be really uh, utilizing to, to increase your, your company's bottom line. I'm going to go ahead and venture a guess based on that answer and say you've thought about that a time or two. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's, that's super interesting. Uh, differentiating between advertising and engagement, I think, is a, a nuanced point, if not an important one. And then the R&D component of it, too, I think is a, a really good point there that most people wouldn't think of, that you can kind of get feedback real time on products and not have to spend dollars and dollars and dollars on focus groups, things like that. Dean, I think you're getting a little lonely over there, so I'm, I'm going to give you a question here. Um, I want to talk about a specific section of the tech market right now. I want to talk to cloud customers. Everybody has a different definition of cloud and what it is, but... Let's just take the umbrella of cloud right now. Let's say I'm a cloud provider out there and I'm looking to get into the industry. Uh, I've personally talked to a couple of different groups that are looking to launch cloud products and it'll be, it won't be startup because they'll be based on some colo business that they have, but it will be their first venture into uh, the cloud market. So for folks who are kind of thinking about, I'm going to put a cloud product out there, what's a way uh, for them to differentiate themselves from the AWSs, the Azures and the like? Uh, and really be able to pick off some lower fruit opportunities to drive and generate revenue and grow that new product business? Yeah, outstanding question, John. Thank you very much. But I, I have two things to say initially. Number one is everything that Jamie just said is essentially a primer to the answer to this question um, because it is, it, it, it's true, because without doing the things that she had just articulated, um, no one's going to be able to differentiate themselves. So that's a, it's really a good primer for what we're about to talk about. Um, number two, what you just said as far as a definition of cloud and how each um, participant within the, the, under the cloud umbrella defines what it is that they do, that in and of itself is a differentiator with, within that cloud umbrella. So I think it's important that 
A, you both, you, that you realize that all of these things go hand in glove uh, with one another. How it is that you define it, um, how comprehensive a program you have in place when you go to launch a cloud service. These are all things that need to be considered right up front before you ever put uh, pencil to paper um, and start drafting your collateral, your, your sales messaging, things like that. But getting to cloud specifically, because there are so many different definitions of cloud and because each, each cloud um, provider, each cloud-based solutions provider is going to be going at things a little differently, it's important to define who it is you are first, what your story truly is. Because nobody's story, or, or you could say everybody's story, anybody who's providing a cloud-based service, their story is we provide a cloud-based service. No, that is not your story. Why you're providing it, how you're providing it, that's the story. Um, and again, because it's been defined differently by, by each player, um, because they're all defining it in ways that ultimately are shining the brightest light on their service, there's a number of different ways to do it. So there you go. But generally, cloud services has always been about um, ROI being able to do something quickly, efficiently, without a lot of immediate capital, and without um, shelling out a lot of long-term capital, right? So the technology, though a bit nebulous five years ago, is kind of coming into its own. Um, the, the pitfalls of the technology uh, with regard to security, things like that, those are kind of, you know, we, we, we've forgotten about those things because it works. Um, and it's a great way to, um, to launch a service, to implement a service um, quickly, efficiently, and affordably. So once you have defined who it is that you are, what your story is, why it is that you're providing this service, and, and why it is that you're providing this service in this way, it's important to really hit those pocketbook type issues, right? You want to you make sure that you're highlighting um, um, efficient implementation, uh, long-term um, long profitability, things like that. So, um, you know, long story short, you've got to first differentiate yourself, your company, before you can differentiate your product. So if you're a cloud services provider, you need to know what kind of cloud service provider you are, making sure that you are um, very clean and precise and articulate with exactly what it is you do, wh uh, why it is you do it, and why it is that you do it better than other people. Because cloud as a commodity is a problem, right? I mean, to say cloud, you think, well, hell, everybody's a cloud service provider, whether you're a data center uh, operator, a colo operator, or a, um, a uh, unified communications as a service provider. So these are all these are all subsets of that cloud umbrella. But it's again important to know who you are, what your story is, and that in and of itself will help you to differentiate yourself, making sure that you're telling your story and not somebody else's story. And there's a number of different ways that you can do that. And Jamie just discussed all of those different ways. It, it, um, PR marketing is a uh, is a good first step. It must be the first step. That's some really good stuff there. I was just at uh, Data Center World yesterday in Chicago. We had an event at uh, the Art Institute. One of the things I took away from that, there was a talk at the very end about asking the right and wrong questions for your solution. And the overall point was, 
don't look at this as a one-size-fits-all. Cloud may be perfect for some of what you're doing, and on-prem may be great to stay with for a piece of what you're doing, and maybe Colo is the right thing for a third, but what you really need to do is uh, understand what are the right questions to ask so you actually feel comfortable about the solution you've picked rather than just kind of, oh, we're going to the cloud and that's it. Um, and I think what you're talking about is going to help a lot of folks who do provide those cloud services differentiate themselves. Uh, I don't want you guys to be offended by this next question or this next point, but <laughs> one of the things I always hear on pushback for uh, for marketing campaigns is, well, how am I going to, how do I measure the return on this investment? You know, I, I know I'm going to be spending some money and that's fine. I have talented professionals that are helping me, but where do I really see, what are the metrics I can base growth and, and success on if I'm going to embark in a larger marketing campaign for my tech or telecom company? I understand, I'm sh looking at your website, I'm sure you have a thousand success stories. Uh, I've seen your work personally and it's very great. Um, but maybe share with me, and I'll let either one of you lead off or how you want to do it, but maybe share with me a success story you can point to and, and what the metrics are that say, you know, it's not just me saying is, to, is success, this number here says it's a success, or, or this gained client says it's a success. Awesome, yeah, and you're right, Jamie and I could talk all afternoon about this very question. Um, so um, I'm going to, and I and we take this stuff very, very personally, right? This is who we are. This is how we make our money. This is how we provide for our family, right? So um, these case studies are more than just um, numbers to us. They're personal. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you a personal case study. I've been at JSA approximately seven and a half years. Um, as I advanced at the company, um, I was given a, uh, a, I, I, be, I be, uh, took a directorship over a brand new account. This, uh, this client, um, JT Communications, as they were some six and a half years ago, um, is a data center colo in downtown Atlanta. Uh, basically a one, two, sometimes a three-person operation. Um, they saw the value in growth. They didn't know how to do it themselves. So um, they came to us to help them. Um, and we did. Um, so JT Communications ultimately became uh, Colo ATL. Colo ATL um, has subsequently um, had to expand their original data center facility uh, by thousands of feet and only recently purchased another floor in, at 55 Marietta there in downtown um, Atlanta to further expand. That's ROI. <laughs> If you if you if you have hired a PR and marketing company to come in and shine a light on what it is you do and why it is that you do it better than anybody else, and ultimately the end result is you have to expand. I can't think of a better example of of success there. But it's more than that, right? Because they didn't have a public persona. There wasn't social. There wasn't um, speaking engagements. There wasn't a speaking engagement tour as uh, as our our friend over there at uh, Colo ATL, Tim Kaiser has been doing over the last couple of years. None of that existed. In fact, JT Communications, aside from his existing client base, didn't really exist to many people. But again, now now they do. Uh, Colo ATL now has two sister companies, one of which is a uh, is an SDN um, company. So there's um, uh, a lot going on there, but um, for the sake of getting through this question, um, yeah, again, did they expand? How, how has their customer base grown? 
um, if, if you can answer those questions yes, then, um, then you're doing something right. I don't know anybody out there that's in the business of selling data center space that doesn't want to grow and sell more data center space. So that does sound um, like a great success story, and I'm sure it's not your only one. Uh, we're running up yeah. a, a little bit against time, but if there are any others you'd like to focus on uh, for a, a different client or maybe a, a different area of the tech industry, uh, I'm sure folks would like to hear it. Yeah, one, one uh, other quick one comes to mind, and I'll keep it short, but um, Hibernia Networks was our first uh, client here at JSA 12 years ago, um, and we recently just lost them to the acquisition of GTT, uh, for those of you who weren't familiar with that big uh, the big deal that went down, um, but um, but Hibernia always has a very special place in our hearts because we were able to really grow alongside them for for the past 12 years. Really, just a phenomenal team leadership there, and and it was it was wonderful to work with them. One of the big uh, success stories that comes to mind is their launch of Hibernia Express, which was a subsea cable. Uh, it took about five years duration uh, from from finance to uh, to completion. Uh, where they where they really linked uh, New York to London with the fastest uh, latency and and the most high performance capacity um, in in history, and it was the first subsea transatlantic build in the last 12 years. Um, so really, just a, an exciting, uh, uh, innovative uh, project that they uh, they really you know had to prove to their investors, imagine like, no, no, we're going to spend billions here, but it's going to be worth it. We are connecting New York and London. It hasn't been happened in 12 years, but there's a need for it, I promise. It was a big, uh, it was a big win uh, for the management team with their financers and their investors. So, um, and to have the ability to really take ownership of telling that story and promoting it um, and, and the stages, the grueling work of literally rolling out subsea cable on on a, um, a cable ship that's crossing the Atlantic, um, you know, it's, uh, it was uh, an unbelievable story, really uh, exciting one that even folks like National Geographic was interested in. It was a really exciting story. Uh, end result, let's get back to ROI here. Um, end result was that they uh, had the majority of that uh, capacity pre-sold before they even hit land. Um, so um, a definite success story, definite win for their investors. Um, and for us, it was... Um, uh, one of our stories of our lifetime, you know, to, to be able to cover. We're talking with Jamie Scotto Kataya and Dean Perrine of Jamie Scotto and Associates. They provide marketing and PR services for tech and telecom companies. Dean, we let off with Jamie, so I'm going to give you the final one, and I ask everybody this question on the show, uh, which means this is the second time I'm asking it, but we will ask it more. Give me one tech trend you're really looking forward to seeing unfold through the end of this year and maybe into 17 and 18. You bet, John, and um, thank you very much for having us today. We, we really appreciate it, and thank you for allowing me to have the final word. I think this might be the first time I've actually gotten the final <laughs> word. You'll have, to, you'll have to come back because my son says you won't get it again until you come back. The short answer, John, is wireless. Um, it wasn't that long ago when um, we were all just jazzed to, you know, be able to plug into, you know, T1s from our, our dorm rooms or from our homes, and um, now that plug is, is, is gone, um, and, 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 and rightfully so, because um, mobility has, 
has kind of taken the lead, and our ability to go anywhere and and do anything we need to do that we could, that we used to be something we would have to do at our desktop. Now we can do it across the room, across the the state, across the country, wherever. Um, so the move, the transition from a wireline-based society to a real, true wireless-based society is something that um, it, it generates a lot of excitement for me, and I and I think for JSA. Um, but with that comes um, uncertainty, and I think a lot of that has been driving, uh, you know, security being a, a major issue right now. Right, um, the more we progress, the better. The better the wireless networks become, the more unplugged and mobile we become, the more susceptible to those security kinds of issues we we are. And I think that really over the next year, two years, addressing those secure those those security the network security issues are going to be a big thing especially as we get into real IoT implementation, uh, real, um, you know, real fat pipe, real um, connected continent type um, networking. I think that's going to be a big issue and, and one that I, uh, I, I'm, I can't wait to, uh, to write about. You're leading into the advent of the 5G network, I think, there, and we're really excited yeah. to see what that means, too. Um, and beyond, absolutely. Thank you both very much for coming on. Uh, folks out there who have been listening, if you're in tech or telecom and you have some questions about how can you generate more revenue growth, what are some good marketing and PR strategies, do yourself a favor, go to jamiescotto.com hit the Reach Us tab and find a way to talk to these folks because they know what they're doing and this is the only space they play in. I'm your host, John Heiderscheidt. Thank you both very much for coming on. This has been Data Discourse and AFCOM Podcast. Thanks for listening.